So how and when is it time to let go of your loved one's stuff? And what is the best way to do it? There are many opinions on this one from never letting go to let everything go to you have to do it right away. Let this serve as a reminder that this grief, it's yours. It is your journey and making the decision as to what and when is something you get to decide, no one else. In today's episode, I share my experience with a friend who pushed for me to do it right away, what I did end up letting go of, what I kept, and how I had enough peace about my process not to be pushed into doing what I wasn't ready to do. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on the couch. I'm Steph and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. I hope you feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. Hello to everyone listening in Ireland, our spotlight country this week. And Ohio is holding on to the top spot with the most downloads. I hope this is a reminder that whatever country or state you are in, you are not alone as you walk through this thing called grief. The morning that Monica died, Monica's aunt and my kind friends cleaned up the hospice house room and waited for the funeral home. I just could not be there to watch them put her in a bag and on a gurney. So two others went to the funeral home with me to make the arrangement. You know, you're, you're in shock, but at the same time, you're fully aware of the tragedy that just occurred. You feel sick, but you have to have these surreal conversations as if they are everyday events. So this was a snippet of the conversation. The funeral home asked me, cremation or burial? I said, cremation. Okay, you'll need to pick out a box. I said, why would I need to pick a box for cremation? Well, because we place her in a box first. Oh my God. I was taken to the box room, which is like the casket room, only with boxes. They literally had a cardboard box and then they get fancier. A cardboard box. I was about to throw up. I knew it didn't matter in the big picture, but I could not buy that one. So I got the upsell model. Yes, death is a business. I don't fault them, and everyone there was incredibly kind and patient. But daggone, these steps, these decisions, they are sickening. And you aren't in the best state of mind when you're making them. I'm going to be doing an episode just on the business of death soon. But another sickening step that you have to take is about your loved one's possessions. 
We left the funeral home and we went to Jersey Mike's for a sub. I sat there and thought, how can I be eating a sub when Monica just died? But I hadn't been able to eat a whole lot while I took care of her and I had lost 30 pounds, so eating a sub was also a nice thing. We got back to the house and I was prepared to walk through the door knowing she would never be there again. After she had been taken to the hospital and then transferred to hospice, I came home to get some clothes for her and for me, and I looked at the empty hospital bed, and I lost it, because I knew she would never walk through that door again. I had a purity meltdown, but it helped prepare me for this moment. One of our friends walked upstairs with me, I thought just to put her stuff down, and she started going through Monica's closet and taking things out. On the inside, I was about to freak out. What are you doing? Well, we need to get rid of this, so it's not going to be harder for you later. I stood there stunned. I was angry, indignant, ready to scream. But knowing that she really thought she was helping, I strongly told her, uh, no way. That is not happening today. She was equally stunned. And she said to me, okay, Steph, what do you want to do? Before we even get started on what to do with your loved one's possessions, their clothes, their trinkets, their hobby items, their vehicle, etc., etc., please know that unless you have to sell or let go of things for financial reasons, you do not have to do this until you're ready. Don't let anyone rush you. Don't let people try and tell you when it's right because this is you and this is your loved one. So you get to make that decision and it can be tomorrow, next week, next year, or years. Maybe there are things you never let go of and that's okay. Now, if you're walking into their room five years down the road and nothing's been touched, that's a different story and that's an issue of acceptance. I was weird about Monica's stuff for a while. She had a she had a glass container of this tea. It's called Honest Tea, iced tea in the fridge, and she really loved that stuff. Well, a year later, Trish came over, looked in the fridge, and asked if it was still the same one. Man, I wanted to lie, but I couldn't. Yeah, but it's in the back. You know, letting go of things it feels like you are letting them go yet again and again. Letting their stuff go feels like you aren't honoring them because you aren't honoring their things. Some things I let go of quickly, like my vehicle. <laughs> yeah, my vehicle. <laughs> we both had Jeep Cherokees, so I took hers because it was newer and sure because it was hers. And I gave mine to a friend as a gift because she was in need of a decent vehicle. I quickly got rid of a large chair and ottoman she sat in the living room because that's when she was starting to get sick. And that was the thing we had before the hospital bed. So because it reminded me of how uncomfortable she was, it was gone. Again, I gave it to friends. It was within the first year that I asked the sound company to come get her sound equipment. Remember, she was making CDs and singing and she had these speakers that were really big and a little bit of a soundboard, and, and they paid me for it, but it wasn't about the money. It was walking into that room and seeing her ministry unfulfilled. 
hated it. But when the guy gave me the check, I shut the door and just bawled. Her clavinova keyboard was given to her cousin, who made a tremendous difference in her life and in mine. Clothes were given to friends, and other furniture was given to good homes. The definition of good homes were friends' houses, so I could actually go visit the pieces. I told you, it sounds a little crazy, but it really made a difference for me. Her guitars I kept under the bed, so I wouldn't have to look at them. And seven years later, I decided to sell the house. I actually decided at five years, but then I freaked out when the realtor came with a sale sign. Trish took the guitars so they wouldn't be in storage and took good care of them until I found deserving homes for them years later. At that point, though, while it still made me tear up, the giving was with more joy than sadness. As I was packing up to move, there was another issue. She had possessions from when she was young, and within four years of her death, all her closer relatives had died as well. So I lost Monica and most everyone in my second family, and it felt disrespectful not to keep her stuff. So I got rid of what I knew she wouldn't care about, and I toted the other stuff with me. <laughs> I know it has no value to anyone, but because it was hers, I felt the need to honor that she did walk this earth and to keep the box, okay, it's a large box, with what was important to her and the things that exemplified who she was. Everything I did, I did with great thought because y'all know I'm an overthinker, but also a dash of realism. It felt so good to give things to people who needed them. It was good to find homes for bigger items so I could still see them and I took pictures of all the things I couldn't keep. I know there are women listening, and you've had to sell things, large things, even homes, without being given the choice. And I can't imagine how hard it must be to do that, because it's not about the thing. It's about the memory of the thing with your loved one. If you are blessed to not have to sell or let go of things right now, then take your time and be grateful that you are given that option. Don't feel rushed and watch God open the door for opportunity of helping others with those items. So what do you do with it all? You know, clothes seem to be some of the hardest things because your loved one probably had a tired, worn out sweatshirt or jacket and getting rid of that makes you nauseous. I know many widows who sleep with their husband's shirts because it still smells like he did. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So that's the first thing. If getting rid of anything makes you nauseous right now, it is not time. You can also gift things. If you give things away, it makes you feel a sense of, I don't know, rightness in the midst of the wrong of the loss. If you can find friends that could use things you have, then offer them with a condition that you can visit it. <laughs> you can also donate all of the extra medical equipment and supplies I donate to the hospice house. Now, it may not be so hard to get rid of these things because they are reminders of a very hard struggle. If you must sell things, let yourself off the hook. Do not feel guilty. If you need the money, you need the money. And there's nothing wrong or disrespectful 
in taking care of you and your family. Now, if you're struggling years after to even begin the process of letting go of their stuff, then your assignment is to ask yourself why. If you want to do it, but you're struggling to the point of avoiding, then you can start slow. Walk to the closet one day. That's it. Just walk to the closet. The next day, open the closet and wait a few days or a week and then open the closet and pull out one, two, maybe three things. You can work your way up going through their things over time. So taking some action is very positive, but it won't put you over the edge. Is it wrong to never let go of your loved one's things? No, it's not wrong. But see, if you haven't let go of anything, it's very probable that you are not moving forward in your life. And that's the concerning part. Remember, you still have a future and a purpose to fulfill. Our verse this week is Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Remember, there's nothing wrong with keeping your loved one's possessions, especially if it was handed down from generation to generation. But if the possessions become a substitute for your loved one, that's a different issue. Let's recap. If you feel sick when it's time to go through your loved one's things, it's not time to go through those things. Don't add the pressure right now. You still need time to heal a bit more. When you're ready to take the action of going through their things, you can gift them, donate them, and or sell them. Your choice on which you do. What I tried to remember was that Monica's things lived on in others. And I've actually seen some of the clothes I gave away being worn by the people getting them. And yes, it threw me for a second. But then I had to smile. And to make you feel better about your process, a week after Trish talked about that darn tea in the fridge, I threw it away. Oh, please no, it had never been opened, so it wasn't like moldy or anything. <laughs> but I did throw it away, fully knowing that Monica would have thought I was nuts for keeping it. I was ready, but I did need that nudge. And then the next day, I looked at that empty spot in the fridge, and it felt weird but it felt needed. Your journey works or the work of your journey for this week or just begin the conversation with yourself about their stuff. If you feel no desire to move forward on it, don't. It's easy. Keep taking your other steps. But if you feel ready and you just have been too anxious about it, start really slow and with the things that are least hard for you. You know, this is just like grief itself. It's a confusing, hard, slow, up and down process. Number two, ask God to open doors for your loved one's possessions. And remember the, the essence of who they were to you, to your family, and to your community is not found in any one of those possessions. And here are some other options to help you. Join the private Facebook group. If you want to be a part of this amazing group of faith-filled women, walking out the hardest journey of their lives, this is the group to join. Purchase the What to Do After the Loss of a Loved One workshop. 
It will be your compass to help guide your steps towards healing. It's broken into four sections like the mini support program to give you direction and action steps to take in the first weeks, months, and even first year if you feel stuck. Go to grieftograatday.com to purchase. If you feel stuck and you want to talk about the next best steps in a more formalized but still laid back kind of way, then schedule an individual grief coaching session. If you don't have a church home, visit my church, opendoorchurch.com. Links to both the Facebook group, Open Door Church, and everything you need are in the show notes. In the meantime, remember who holds your future. Remember if you're not ready, it is okay not to go through their things. Do not let anyone push you. And keep on coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking steps, however small, slow, or ugly, towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.